You are listening to Astrology Today, coming to you live from the beautiful Sunshine Coast in Powell River, which is situated on the traditional lands of the Klahoman Nation. I will be your host, Maureen Reed, and I am an astrologer. Welcome back to our listeners, and hopefully I have everything queued properly for Jill. I do! Yay! Another successful, and I am recording. Yes! Yes! (sighs) Even though Mercury is retrograde. No, uh, (laughs) I have another friend in the studio who just shook her head going, do not tempt the fates. Don't tempt him. He's the trickster. He (laughs) is the trickster. And okay, so um, before I dive into this week's topic, I do want to um, sort of acknowledge that uh, the past 10 days since the well, since the beginning of the eclipses were which were the first one was at the end of May and then the second eclipse was on the 10th. And during this period, we've also had Mercury retrograde, all of this happening in the sign of Gemini. And that Mercury, as it's being retrograde, is squaring Neptune. And on top of all of that, we've had the Saturn-Uranus square. Um, Yeah. And people have had some pretty traumatic scenarios go down because of that kind of energetic hit. And I just want to acknowledge that... um, This is a difficult time, and it's probably not going to lighten up a lot until after Mars comes out of its square with the Saturn Uranus. Um, Mm -hmm. And so we're not, we're not out of the woods quite yet, but Mercury, yeah. Also until Mercury has come direct and passed its square with Neptune. Exactly. Yes, Jill has a very good point. So it does station on Tuesday. That should help. But like Jill said, until it's left Neptune behind. So thoughts and prayers to everyone out there who are struggling with this time frame. Um, It's when things stack up. Uh, you know, uh, and you happen to have degrees that are sensitive to this. So that would be around the middle degrees of fixed signs. And then, um, you know, with the eclipse, it's all basically Gemini Sag. Plus, right now with Mercury Neptune, that's around the last 10 degrees of mutable signs. So those folks in particular are getting bombarded. And yeah, are. Thoughts and prayers go out to you. Okay, so this week we have a change of pace. Uh, we're going to look at one of the modern techniques, predictive techniques, and we're going to start with the simplest one, which is solar arc directions. Um, there are also secondary progressions, but and the difference between the two, there's a number of them, but one of the big ones is with solar arcs, All of the chart is involved in moving, whereas with secondary progressions, it's mainly just the inner planets. And on both accounts, I know myself, and we'll get Jill's opinion here in a sec. For me, it just always looked and felt like this is the the timing signature of unfolding. Um, You know, things are supposed to, because this is symbolic time. This isn't real time. So what's been your take? on this yeah I, I I think they 
again, as with everything in astrology, it's always looking at the whole picture. Right? Yes. Yep. And, and so we have the transits. You don't leave the transits out just because you're looking at progressions. Yes, yeah. And, you know, you can look at both types of progressions, but you don't, they're different. Yeah, they, they're they different. Like, give you different information. Yeah. And as you say that, and I think that the nice thing about the solar arcs is even if you haven't got your ephemeris handy, you can kind of eyeball guess, them, guesstimate yeah. by the age of the person because. Yeah. On average, the sun moves about a degree a year yeah. by progression. Yeah. So that makes them really super easy to to figure out. Yeah. Which is a yeah. real benefit when you're just trying to figure things out. Yes. <laughs> and yeah. and I know, and I imagine Jill did the same thing. You know, when you first get a chart. Um, and you're looking at it, um, you'll come up with one or two questions just to kind of verify whether the birth time is accurate or not. And I know I did. I would use the eyeball thing of solar arcs, right, just to see, especially to the angles, because it will classically um, be a move um, or, you know, a change of relationship, you know, fourth, tenth, first, seventh. And in the example that I have, Sure enough, even though, okay, so apparently, anyway, I'm getting ahead of myself. Let me go back to the symbolic time. I do have a few things written down that I should probably say. Okay, so they are calculated, like Jill said, based on the motion of the sun on the day that you were born. And it can vary um, from as slow as 57, 17, all the way to more than a, a degree per year. But fortunately, with our modern day software, it will do all that calculation for us. Yeah, which is nice. And, and, this, and the sun's position, whether you're doing secondary or solar arc, yeah. because, because the solar arcs are based on the yes. secondary progression of the sun, yes. the sun's will be the same in both. <laughs> yes, exactly, exactly. So I know in my own practice, I used to, I would always put up a, a, a tri-wheel that would have the nativity in the middle, the secondary progressions were the second circle, and then the third would be the solar arcs. Yeah, and the sun would be the same in those two outer ones, exactly. Yeah, what I tended to do, because I like to draw them out by hand, mm. you know, mm -hmm. using form myself and just that helped me focus more on yes and and I would have a tri-wheel but I'd do the the middle would be the natal obviously yeah and the second one would be progressions but I would look to see just pick out the ones that were doing something that particular time yeah whether they were solar arcs or or secondaries and I would mark them accordingly so yeah. that I knew which ones were activating things exactly the transits around the outside so. oh okay yeah yeah so you'd put all yeah. of them together getting all of that yeah motion yeah with the, the natal in the center so yeah yeah, that. yeah and here again uh just for you know uh the rule of three comes through again in that a, you know if a particular point in the natal chart was hit on all three levels you could be pretty certain that the client is going to notice that one you know because yeah, it's yeah, 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 yeah it's being and, activated and also, yeah and, and whether it's the, the planet natal natal planet being hit or that planet transiting and activating something else yeah. it's kind of like the same thing it's yes. like 
that energy is up for you. <laughs> yes, <laughs> be prepared. And this is I've noticed this kind of energy. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. Okay, so um, if you have an ephemeris, darn, that, I was going to bring one. Okay, because apparently <laughs> ephemerises are a thing now. You know, like you can talk to modern people who are studying astrology and they'll go, ephemeris? What's that? And we're like, huh? Because <laughs> ephemerises back in the day when you couldn't just go to a computer and calculate a chart is what you had to use to calculate a chart. Um, and it gives you a visual reference of the planet's typically for midnight GMT time, which is yeah. zero. And, um, and then it sometimes you would get a secondary moon column that was 12 hours later, which was kind of nice for if you were manually calculating a chart. And so you could literally walk down the uh, first three months after you were born and see when major turning things and aspects and yeah oh there's one thank you Jill back it up just a little bit and it'll come into focus well right about there yeah so that's a page out of which ephemeris are you using this is the American ephemeris see how well used that book is yes, it's, it's bound together with tape, tape and <laughs> It it was our Bible back in the day, yeah, right. yeah. I remember when I bought it. I mean, it, we hadn't even it hadn't even changed to two thousand yet. Right, you always get ahead of time. Yeah, so you can look. Uh, yeah, and for, I tell twenty fifty. Oh my goodness. God! <laughs> yeah, <laughs> am I? You know who's going to be around? <laughs> I'm really halfway through it. My yeah. <laughs> okay, so. What we've got for you today is a look at what it looks like and what is possible to predict with, with these. And I'm going to present uh, a person. So I'm doing Emma Watson, who was Hermione Granger in a uh, Harry Potter movie. And Jill is going to look at our Canadian chart. So we've got the stuff up on the website. That's cardinalastrology.ca. This is episode 6087. Oh, my God. <laughs> it's true. And so I'm actually going to switch out of this for the YouTube and go to... Or am I? Maybe I'm not. Oh, dear. No, I'm not. Okay. This happened last week. I have to remember when I leave this, I have to go to that before I can do this. And those <laughs> who are listening are going, what on earth is she talking about? I'm talking about share screen in Zoom. Ta-da! So for those that are watching this on YouTube, what I've got is Emma's chart has popped up. And uh, so just for the folks who are uh, listening, so she was born April 15th, 1990 uh, at 6 p.m., which is kind of unusual because Napoleon demanded that birth times be recorded accurately. And so there is a bit of a question about this birth time. And like I commented earlier, we do use sol solar arcs to just see how accurate a chart is. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so she was born in Paris, France. And, and astrologers, uh, a, a time that's right on the hour is, is suspect. suspicious. Yeah, yeah. So people are born right on the hour. Yeah, it that's can happen, wrong. totally. It so, happen. Yeah, <laughs> it's kind of rare. Not, not as great. There's a whole lot of yeah. minutes. 
Yeah. <laughs> yes, exactly. Exactly. So she has 27 Virgo rising. She has uh, Pluto at 16 Scorpio. She has 25 degrees Sag moon. Um, her MC is, therefore, the IC is 26 Sag. Uh, Uranus and Neptune were kissing uh, at 9 and 14 of Capricorn. Saturn is also in Capricorn at 25. And also, before I get too far ahead, Neptune was stationing that day, which oh. turns out to be actually quite significant because he's in an exact square with Mercury. Okay, so her nodes are uh, cross Leo Aquarius at 13 degrees. Mars is at 26, um, just early 26. So if we remember back, the, uh, the moon is at 25, so this Mars is at 26. Uh, then we have uh, Venus at 9 degrees of Pisces. We have the Sun at 25 degrees of Aries. So an exact trine, again, between the Moon and the Sun. And catching the midpoint, exactly, is Mars. Uh, then we have Mercury in Taurus at 14 uh, the MC at 26, Jupiter at 4, Cancer, and Chiron at 11. So what I came up with, um, because this was what I used to do back in the day, so I'm just going to move this along uh, visually. So I have a bit of a graph that I created on a spreadsheet. And in the first column, what I have is just by number, the degree number of where the various things are, right? So I've got Jupiter at four. And then immediately you catch, oh, right, Venus and Uranus are both at nine degrees. They're not together. They're in a, I think it's a square. Uh, no, it's a sextile. Yeah, it's a sextile. And then we have Chiron at 11, the nodes at 13. Then we have Neptune, which is stationed, and Mercury. They are in a square, okay, at 14. Pluto's at 16. Uh, Saturn, Sun, Moon, Mars, MC are between 2 degrees, 25 and 26. So, so what you can get when you put it out like this is you can notice that when certain degrees come up, there's going to be a lot of other pieces triggered, sometimes uh -huh. easily, sometimes with hard aspects. And of course, in modern time, we would have included the 150 degree aspect. What this doesn't show is the half square or 45. Um, and so that is also, you know, in modern times, we would have used that as well. But this catches the big ones. And so what I did is I, you know, I went to Happy Google and actually Wikipedia, and I got a bunch of significant dates um, just to, and this is what you do with solar arcs. So in the beginning, you will look at what's already gone past in order to, again, just kind of validate whether we've got a reasonably accurate birth time. Uh, and then when you go to project this into the future, which you can, when you go back up to her chart, you can imagine, well, I wonder what happened when the moon got up to uh, Uranus, Neptune, or when it gets up to Saturn, or when it gets up to, uh, you know, the nodes, because these things all start moving at the same rate that the sun moves. So eventually the sun caught up to Mercury, then the sun will catch up to the MC, you basically, you know, 90 days or 90 years, um, 
you know, you can imagine that these guys are going to move and they will form squares and sextiles and trines and yeah. Yeah, I always looked at the close ones too, like that yeah. Uranus Neptune, that's, you know, yeah, perfecting at five years old, sort of. Yes. And so, as as it turned out, okay. So that's, to me, that would be like, was there any upheaval or confusion at that time? Ah, yes, and guess what? Because that same five years, okay, so if you look at 25 Sag, 26, and this is just like four minutes into it, and another 25, and then this five, okay, she moved from Paris. Okay, so the first event is at age five, she moved from Paris to England. So we go down here and I have a by wheel up on the website. So if you go there now, if you're listening live, go to my website and you can pull up episode 87 and have a look at the same charts we're looking at. And as you can see, so these guys, um, so Uranus is now caught up to Neptune. And as Jill oh. said, creating confusion. We've got the sun and um, so I don't have an exact, you know, month that she moved. She was five. So we know it's after her birthday. Um, and so Saturn and the sun both have hit zero degrees of a new sign. And that is typical as a marker for change, right? And what else did I notice? Okay, so we've got the Uranus. So that Uranus at the same time that it's conjoining Neptune is also squaring her Mercury. Uh-huh. Yeah. And so it was a change of language as well from speaking French to an all that English. Yes, a trine. Sorry, you're right. Yeah. Yeah. And she does say that she has pretty much lost her French from when she was a kid. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Okay, so... Uh, I'm having an interesting time with her moon being hit by the uh, the current Mercury-Neptune sign. Yes, yeah. <laughs> yes, exactly, exactly, yes. Okay, so the next event that I looked at was, of course, her audition for the movies uh, of the Harry Potter series. So that happened in... Um, 1999 I don't have a date so I just set it for you know kind of the middle of the year to um, and to I backed it up a little earlier from her birth date just because the movies came out in uh, 2001 and so it took him a while to get these kids who probably well she had done a bit of acting in you know public school um, you know but no professional acting so I imagine it took him a while to get them <laughs> into some sort of we need you to do this and this anyway so this was the year that she got her audition and so what we have here is, oh, look at this. The MC was coming up, and uh, by June, it had already passed Jupiter. But this Jupiter uh, from Holstein House is in the 11th of being out there uh, and publicly supported. So, you know, sort of the, the studio comes in and scoops you up, right? Well, and if that's when she actually got the role, it, it, she may have been auditioning prior to that. Yes, true. True, exactly. Okay, so the other significant ones that went with that is, so the sun 
Mars and the moon are also at four degrees aspecting that Jupiter. That's a lot of hit on the Jupiter. And Jupiter's actually uh, coming to the opposition with Neptune. Yes, exactly. exactly. Both, of them, both of them have to do with, with acting. Yeah, yeah. The grandiose and the fairy tale kind of thing. Exactly, exactly. So in some scenarios, you know, if you were, you know, let's say this was an astrologer looking at this year before it happened, you could be pretty certain that some significant stuff is going to go down in this woman's life. And you would look at the areas that are, you know, from where they're triggering to what they're triggering, right? And so all the things that are impacted by that Jupiter would be impacted. Yeah. So when things happen in people's lives, you will see it register in the charts. Now, the next one that I looked at was when she, when that movie finally got released, which was two years later. Okay, so this has a specific date. The first movie came out November the 1st, 2001. And so what do we have now? We have not as much and not as strong, but the biggest one, which is sort of her acting signature, because again, she's got this Neptune uh, squaring Mercury, and it's conjoining Saturn. That Yeah, and Pluto was sextiling Saturn in the, the yeah. one before. Yes, yeah. And so it's like how she was able to pull herself off. She fully established herself as a specific character in this movie series. And she did. I mean, I think we all, um, you know, that first movie... Yeah, she was who she was going to be in, in that character. And to me, that is that, um, and it's not a square, it's a trine. The Neptune trine Mercury, that's kind of her acting gift, if you want to say. And Neptune is stationing natally. And in the fifth house. And in the oh, fifth no, house. That's, oh, that's, yeah. Yeah, it is. Um, yeah. Natally, it is in the fifth house, right? You know? Okay, so the next one that I looked at was she made a comment because there was a bit of controversy around the finishing up of this series. Because remember, these kids, I mean, she was what, um, she was nine years old when she took the role. Um, you know, this is, um, what year is this? This is 2000, and our pictures are in the way, 2007. So she's been at this for six years. And it's like, am I going to sign up again for the last two films, right? <laughs> you know. And by now, she's a person in her own right, right? She's not just a little kid. Um, and there was, there was a bit of a struggle for all three of them, actually, to sign up for the last two movies. But she did. And during that controversy, she was interviewed. And so on July the 10th, 2007, somebody asked her, well, don't you need the money? And she went, no. I don't ever have to work again if I don't want to, right? And not many of us can say that at that age, at what would she be, 17? Yeah, but she could. Yep. So I thought, eh, that's probably a date worth looking at. And so what I came up with was uh, Jupiter is, was it Jupiter? No, 
what what were the ones that I looked at? Oh, here we go. So the nodes had just changed signs. I thought that was kind of interesting. Uh-huh. Yeah. And uh, Saturn is uh, opposite. No, it's in conjunct Chiron, which made yeah. me think, hmm, she might be a bit premature in this comment. <laughs> I don't know. It's an in conjunct. That, but I, I kind of noticed that. Um, uh -huh. Pluto is approaching uh, also an in conjunct to that uh -huh. same Jupiter, right? I thought that was kind of interesting. And what else? We had the MC. Yeah, so I already commented. So the MC is just passing Chiron and the ascend. No, the nodes. Pardon me. This was to the nodes, right? The Ascendant is, um, no, it's the Ascendant to the node and the MC to the node. Yeah, so the angles are coming up to trigger the nodes. And Uranus and Venus, which are naturally sextile, they're aspecting Mars. So where's Uranus? Yeah, so we got 26, Mars is at 26, and Venus is at 26, right on the Descendant. Yeah, yeah, when she made that comment. The midpoint for them. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So I kind of thought, you know, yeah, maybe just a wee bit premature. <laughs> but we'll see. We'll see. Right? That's down in the future. Okay, and the last one that I looked at was her next sort of major pivotal moment out there in the world. And she gave a speech at the UN, which was she got a standing ovation for it. And so this is of a different order. And the this is when the first time I sort of have a chart that makes me kind of wonder if tweaking the chart is necessary. Um, because there's a lot of things that are so close, but not quite. So for instance, her uh, Uranus-Venus are almost aspecting Jupiter. They're at 329 and Jupiter is at 434. So of course, the further out in time you get, the more the discrepancies start to show up, right? Because, yeah. yeah, yeah this also, um, I think timing is an interesting thing and, and the, the, the effects of what she said or did in that moment may actually be later yes that is a point you know there are people that look at they'll go back to the natives chart even though what's happened is long since they've passed and something will happen like somebody's piece of art sells and they'll go back to the nativity even though the person died 200 years ago and sure enough there's a trigger into that natal chart what was going on for her was pluto's Squaring her um, natal Venus there. Yes. Solar. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. That, that happened the year before, so I'd be looking at what was going on then. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No. Exactly. So the yeah. closest one we have is. Um, let me see now. Is that Mercury Neptune to Jupiter? Um, but it's it's. Uh, well, no, that's not right. Oh, no, Mercury, Mercury, Neptune to Venus Uranus, right? Yeah, so this is at nine, and these guys are at eight. 
And to me, that sort of does speak to the fact that she's no longer, she's speaking out, but it's not as a actress, but well, as a woman. But yeah. also in terms of those, the, the Mercury-Pluto opposition. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, natally she has that, yeah. Yeah, and in, as solar arcs, they, the midpoint for them is that Venus. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Right. So, so she made a powerful speech. Yeah. Yes, it was. She probably made people like her a lot. Yes, Venus, and it also cast her in a new light. Yeah. Yeah, because her Venus, Natalie, is very powerful. It's it, it's exalted. It's in the seventh house. Yeah, yeah. Well, again, Venus in Pisces is um, is helpful if you're an actor, right? Oh, totally. Yeah. Especially as a female. Yep. You, know, you get to use your good looks or whatever to you know for the glamour and all that stuff because Neptune likes glamour. And yes, it does. Yeah. It does. And yet I the see, character I, she you know she was first known for was anything but glamorous. But well, that is yeah. not who she is today, right? <laughs> she but is quite. People glamorous. think of it as a glamorous career. Oh yes, yes, exactly, exactly, yeah. Okay, so that is a demonstration of how you can see how things trigger. So you put, you move that forward. So for instance, in about 11 years time, her son will change signs. And that will usually be an indication of, of a change in direction in life. Um, but you can see that there will be things coming up like this Saturn is going to come up to Mars uh, in a few years time. And so, you know, you, you go back to the natal chart, you look at what, you know, so that could be a health issue, it could be um, being more of service, uh, you know, a different type of work, etc. But as, has, as we've pointed out already, when these planets catch up to various places and make aspects, whether that's a conjunction or a square, etc., etc., it does trigger time frames in a person's life. Well, yeah. Mars would be on that on her natal descendant yes. now. Yeah. Yes, it would be. Exactly. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So, so and it's interesting. Um, her personal life, she has managed to absolutely keep it private. There is one photograph of the guy that she is with, uh, but that's it. Nothing. He doesn't have a presence on on any social media at all and I don't blame him or her um, you know for wanting to keep her her private life private uh, yeah yeah okay so we're we're gonna switch uh, I want to give time for Jill to present um, what this looks like when you look at it on a mundane level and for us happy Canadians who are going through a bit of a revolution rev revealing revelatory yeah so we have canada's chart now um and for those listening we've cast it to placidius which is oh no i did it to porphyry oh you put oh, it in porphyry i did how interesting <laughs> Mercury's retrograde <laughs> so what's the difference you read off to me what it should be uh, let me just look. Because it might not be all that different, but it could very well be very different. Oh, like let me just look. Okay, so Venus is in the second. 
Yeah, no, it's different. So I need the cusps. What are the cusps? Okay, the, the cusp of the, first, the second house is uh, 23 Taurus 54. Oh, okay. So it's down here further. Yeah, let me just see if I can... Uh, do, 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 do. There's, I've got tools. Where are my tools? They're anoite. Okay, so let me uh, draw... Okay, so um, a line. Okay, so here we go. So it's supposed to be what? Uh, 2354. So basically 24 degrees. So it should be where that arrow is, uh, approximately. And so the third house cusp? Third house cusp is uh, 1736 of Gemini. So, so it's past yeah. Venus. Yeah, past Venus. Okay, and the MC should be correct. Fifth house cusp? No, fifth house cusp is uh, 2832 Cancer. Okay, so that's here. Puts Mercury in the fifth. Yep, puts Mercury in the fifth. Okay, sixth house? Uh, 2715 of Leo. All right, so somewhere about here. Okay, so anyway, I <laughs> God. <laughs> okay. No, it's not. Well, I told you you shouldn't be talking about Mercury. <laughs> <laughs> you are right. You did say that. Like, like slap my wrist. Like, what was I thinking? Okay, so is Saturn in the seventh or in the eighth? It's in the seventh. Okay, so we'll do that there. And then this one is somewhere in here because it's in Sag, not in Capricorn. Okay, so the blue lines are correct, <laughs> not the black lines. Well, except for the Ascendant and the MC because those, that's not yeah, <laughs> that's not confusing at all. I will fix this and yeah. No worries. Okay. Anyways, yeah. She's so, so forgiving, folks. I'm so lucky. <laughs> But, um, yeah, so we did look at Canada's chart already in another episode, I yep. believe. Yes, we did. And, and I thought it'd be kind of fun to use it just because it's nearly Canada's birthday. It is. It is. So I, I have, oh, okay. I the need solar to... arcs are, are at the moment relative yeah. to the natal. Oh, picture. look at this. <laughs> My lines are coming with me. Ah! Uh-oh. Uh-oh. That's okay, I'll, I'll, um, let me see now. <laughs> Without your eraser. <laughs> yeah, I have the eraser. There we go. Erasing, erasing. Oh, I just have to click on erasing, 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 okay. erasing, erasing. There we go. Okay, so um, just kind of ignore the lines because she's going to talk about, you know, who's catching up to who. <laughs> Way you go, dear. <laughs> God. <laughs> Yes. So, yeah, there's a few things yeah. that are not necessarily in this very moment, but uh, certainly just past or just coming, right? Yes, exactly. I can um, see a few. Yeah, Neptune to the North Node. Our yeah, shame. Yeah, well, he is, uh, and, and, and the Ascendant, yeah. When I cast the chart, I had a 15-degree... Aries rising, and you've got 60, and I don't know how that happens, because you've got the time the same as me, so a glitch in the program, I guess. Uh, I guess, uh, yeah. But, um, 
nevertheless, it does put Pluto right around the descendant. Yes, it does. Solar arc. And of course, we have that very important Saturn-Pluto opposition natally. Yes. Um, with Pluto in the se- in the uh, Pluto in the first and Saturn in the seventh, mm-hmm. but very near the you know eighth house as well. Yes. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. So we've got them straddling the. Ascendant. Yes. Yeah. The ascendant descended. Yeah, and that's the angles are your biggest one of your biggest trigger points probably some would consider the biggest trigger points yeah, yeah. and so saturn i mean probably in the last two or three years depending um it's come across the ascendant there yeah so and now pluto is doing it as well yeah so this and, is the reality um, and now we're going to dredge up pluto uh what that means like the sludge we've tried to keep buried yeah well yeah i mean it's uh, these guys are powerhouses on each on their own they're they're all about control and power and stuff so this is the big issue right now yeah yeah (laughs) yeah so there's lots going on with that um and then we have of course this guy up here this is very (laughs) significant whoops Let's see now. Yeah, you have Venus approaching uh, that Saturn. Yeah. Pluto opposition as well, which is, uh, yeah, so this is. Yeah, this here, this is. highlighted like that. Yeah. It's. it's, And it's it's been because, you know, obviously it was opposite the Pluto earlier. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's basically the the midpoint degree for those two. So it's triggering both of them. Yeah. For sure. Because often with solar arcs, you do want to keep a very close orb. Yes, you do. Yeah. Because they're moving, you know, a degree a year. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's 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 kind of a, a significant thing. Yeah. Um, and then I'm noticing this IC up here. Yeah. At eight, you know, like which, the three of these, which, which are in conjunct. This. Sun Uranus, yes. Yeah. Which is yeah. an interesting pairing in the fourth house there, which yeah. we talked about last time with, uh, you know, just uh, always that division in the, you know, yeah. the, the French and English, the two languages and all that jazz. Yeah. And we've got Chiron by Solar Arc sex, coming to the sextile with the natal moon in the third. Oh, yes, yes, yes. This guy. With so, um, this guy, yeah. Yeah, so there's kind of, and, there's, the, and the yeah. solar arc moon is going to change signs. Which right, is yeah. So that could be, when it does change signs, uh, an indication of the colonial mindset shifting. We yeah. could only hope. Yes, well, yeah. 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 And, and you'll notice also that not only is Venus there, but by solar arc, the nodes are squaring that uh, Saturn-Pluto axis. Oh, yes, yes. This, this and year. have been, you know, already with yeah. uh, 50. So yeah. there's, there's a significant amount of stuff. That's, yeah. Um, and it's not over because Uranus, uh, <laughs> I don't know what that is, but... <laughs> Uranus and Saturn, um, you know, obviously are going to be triggering this for the next couple of years. Yeah, well, that's yeah. that. This is the, inter- the the interesting thing. We, I mean, as I said earlier, the the solar arcs are important. 
yep. you want to look at them, but you also want to take them in the context of what else is going on. Look at the Ascendant and Neptune there. Oh, yes, 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 so yes, got yes. the nodes being triggered. Yep. Yeah. Um, by the ascendant descendant axis and uh, yeah. you know there's just a, a this huge this was going to be a significant time in our history and yeah yeah and and also of course then you 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 throw in transits in mm -hmm. or solar returns which we also uh, have and solar return is the is the transits right yeah so let um, me uh, let me bring that chart up but i'm going to first new call the lines because <laughs> I didn't know they they stay with you <laughs> I've watched other people use the the drawing tool in zoom but I did not notice that it follows but you know uh -huh. whatever it does and, and in the next um, you know three years or so we've got solar art mercury coming to midheaven yes yes we do yeah Okay, it's so opposing, here is our... The, going to oppose the sun. Sun Uranus, Uranus yeah. Our identity yeah. will be changing, and we hope oh, for yeah. the better. There's a lot going on. And, or, you know, well, politically, that could be a fairly significant political shift, because the sun is, you know, the heads of state. Oh, I think all this Saturn-Pluto stuff is, is yeah. signaling a yeah. lot of, yeah, political shift going on. Yeah. Okay, so the next chart uh, is a bi-wheel, and we have the solar return, which actually happens on June 30th uh, mm -hmm. at uh, 616, um, yeah, in Ottawa. And so the sun is obviously exactly where it's supposed to be. Uh -huh. uh, but the ascendant is different. Yes, instead of Aries, we have cancer, cancerizing. Yeah. So in other words, um, if you were to use the solar return chart in the center, yeah, the, the sun would be in the twelfth house. Yeah, for this. exactly. Yeah, and Venus is Venus yeah. is coming to the conjunction with Mercury. Yeah, yeah. It's so well within range. You, and as you said, yeah. So got, we got to write a different story. Uh, our yeah. relationships have to change. Yeah. Yeah, and and. Um, Uranus is. Uh, oh right, up. it's approaching our Pluto. So. Well, it's yeah, it's it's involved with the. Uh, you've got Saturn squaring that as yeah. well. Yeah. You know, yeah. Not, so it is going off of this axis. Yeah, not immediate again, but but it is again, yeah. like I was saying before. You look to see, are how much how many times are these yes. particular energies being triggered? Yeah. Yeah, and so this axis is what, you know, it's got that multiple layer that's happening, and so we will see it, yeah. And and the lineup in the 12th house, oh, there, yeah, you've got, this, this you've is got Chiron coming to Neptune yep. by transit, and Neptune coming to Chiron by transit. And so how would you, how would you sort of describe that? For me, the, you know, Chiron is always about our deepest wounds. Right. Which are buried in our 12th house. Hmm. We're not... Of self-undoing. Self-undoing, too. Hmm. Yes, it is. And, and they're not... Because we're not aware. Yes. That's, 
why it's the house of self undoing. It's the stuff we're not, it's like, I always think of it as the psychic closet, you know, for ah, yes. for people, right? It's like, I, I, I don't see it because it's tucked away in there. Yeah. Um, and and so if, if I don't know it's there, I'm going to trip over it over and over again. <laughs> over and over again, exactly. And it's like, you know, walking around in the dark, you know, it's like, bang, I should have moved that. But I didn't know it was there. Yeah. And, um, and of course, the midheaven for this year. Yeah. In the, in the solar return is conjunct that Chiron. In yes. The, yeah. So, again, it's sort of like a, a tuning it up, getting it ready for Neptune to come over in, yes. in a little while. Exactly. Yeah. Because Neptune yeah. is getting very close. So one and could Jupiter's expect. Going, Jupiter's going to activate the uh, Mars Jupiter opposition. Yep. That, in the natal house, natal chart as well. Exactly. Yeah. So yeah. we can expect that uh, the revealing, the coming to terms with. Um, and I noticed a, a um, you know, a complaint online here today, actually. Um, it, it's like people have a hard time connecting the dot with um, the long-term effects of trauma and oh. how a society will continue to pay the price for ignoring it. Oh. Um, ignoring it is not what we need to do with trauma. We need to face the trauma we need to support the healing of that trauma um, because otherwise we just keep paying and paying and paying and it doesn't just go away it and doesn't that's difficult enough to do on an individual level yeah much less on a collective level. exactly exactly and so that whole premise of colonialism needs to be swallowed and dissolved and yeah like just tossed out but the process has to happen yeah interesting that the other sort of double whammy that i'm noticing um we have that chiron neptune yeah i yeah. call it a double whammy when you've got yeah the, the moving one affecting the the birth one and the the, the opposite exactly exactly so we've got Venus coming to Mercury, you've also got Mercury just past the conjunction with Venus. Yes, yes. Oh, I see. Yeah, 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 yeah. Right so, here. Again, it's just a reinforcing. Yeah, of, reinforcing. It's like, it. that's what we look for, for, for me. Yeah. It's like, if it says it just once, well, Maybe. yeah, not that it won't have any, any effect, but when you see it like oh and then it, there it is again yeah that thing is sort of like popping out saying yeah. hello uh, this energy is up and active and oh, you know pay attention <laughs> yeah, exactly exactly and of course the other thing that's happening is mars is coming very soon to square that saturn pluto axis oh yes it's Ooh. a degree off it's a degree off where saturn is by transit yeah as well so it's it's engaging that yeah that the energy that's actually out in the world right now saturn uranus square yeah which is going to activate the saturn opposition now those are both powerful powerful energy exactly and if you think about it we've got that will create a grand cross 
Mars is like like the the match lighting the fuse. Exactly. Exactly. Because Mars moves much more quickly than those other guys. Yeah. And it's a, in a fire sign, and it's a fiery planet. And yeah. So it's yeah. Like, like you've got the heavyweights. I think often we do need that activating energy. Yes. They're, they're sort of grinding away and getting in position, and they are, there is an effect you're feeling, but when something comes along and that's fast <laughs> and and ignites it. Yes. Like, yeah. Boom. <laughs> yes, exactly. And that, like at the top of the hour when I first started, I commented on the fact that, so this solar return it happens in a couple of, what, 10 days from now. Um, oh. So this, when it does in, uh, you know, the first week of July, because this, this is literal real time here, when it does come up to square this Saturn-Uranus, um, yes, there's a great deal of uh, social unrest right now, but, you know, the match is going to get lit. And I suspect that um, on one level, this will be the whole burning up of the climate that's, you know, I mean, down in the States now, it's hotter than all get out. And this will be the literal match right when things start to catch fire and apparently even i mean we've been going through rain and rain and rain and rain and we forget we're on the coast the interior of bc is apparently like dry 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 ah we could be headed into another smoky a season I the other thing that's happening is that the the nodes because the nodes move in retrograde motion yeah they're backing up um the, the the nodes are about to square that uh, Jupiter opposite Mars. Oh, yes. Yes. So. Oh, how delightful. Well, <laughs> yeah, but again, it's like... There's At least... Uh, okay, so the eclipses, you've got your book in front of you. Uh, uh, the eclipse in December, what degrees is that at? The eclipse in December? Yeah. Yeah. She's going to whiz. So that's the other bonus of having an ephemeris yeah. is you can quickly look ahead. Um, I could, you know, fire up my computer here and do the same, but she's got the book right there. So, yeah, it's, it can be a well, very fast the, tool. The lunar eclipse is going to be 27 Taurus. Okay, but so there is another one in the Sag Gemini I thought for sure and there was another the eclipse Sag, yeah the Sag, Sagittarius uh, new moon right 4th of December uh, yeah 12 Sag okay so it's still a ways off of that which is good <laughs> it's well, not going to be an exact boing on it but close enough no, I'm kind of squaring that um, the Mars and and uh, nodal mm -hmm. area. Yes, right? exactly. It's in between, so it's squaring what yeah. points in between. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So. And and they can count as well. Yeah. 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 No, the, we we haven't talked about midpoints, but that's no, another, no. That's, that's a, another session. That is another session because midpoints are. You know, it's funny, since I've been online in these different various astrology groups and stuff, I have introduced quite a few people to, uh, 
you know, Mr. Ebertine's book of stellar <laughs> combinations. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Because, you know, they were definitely onto something. And as it turns out, this Abu Mashar back in the 7th, 700s, he too looked at midpoints. So, yeah. No, it's, it's, a, it's a logical thing to do because... Yeah. Yeah, you know, we again. It it helps us to see this as not separate chunks and exactly that it's tied together. It is like a web. Everything is connected. Everything relates to everything else. And even though you might not have an aspect between two planets that's uh, you know recognized aspect, if something's really something really significant is occupying the midpoint. Yes, you will. Those energies together. Yeah, in a way. Even though yeah. they don't have the aspect. Yeah. And that that phenomena that you're describing, where I find it incredibly useful is when you're doing sinistry, when you've got, you know, person A and person B. Because sometimes there'll be a, an effect oh, yeah, between yeah. the two people that is not obvious by just looking at the two charts. But Absolutely. lo and behold, you put a midpoint thing in there and it's like, Oh, I get why these people well, are doing X, yeah. Y, or Z. Yeah, essentially the composite chart for, for yes. two people yeah. is the midpoints, right? Yeah. So that shows that because you'll get a different picture entirely. And bring yeah, out, bring out something that you would never see looking at the two charts. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. One oh, last thing I noticed with this one is just the uh, Pluto up there. Okay. Sex. And it's sextiling Chiron in the 12th. Oh, yes. Right? Yes. So, so, again, you know. That could ha- that could be actually a helpful piece. Oh, I think, you know. All yeah. of it, the thing is, for me, when I look at this, it's like, well, clearly, it's happening because it needs to happen. Yes. Yeah. Right? The, the heavens are not random. You know, light, nature isn't random. Nothing is random. And so, you know, you could have looked at these charts, you know, when Canada was born. And yes, yeah. Well, it, it, it's like, road, yeah. This is going to happen, right? <laughs> yeah. And, no. and it's, not like, it's not like you can say what the event is going to be or that this particular, you know, there's yeah. going to be this happening then. But you can see what's going to be, but what, yes. what's going to happen, right? Yep. Uh, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, so that I thought that was... Uh, yeah, no, yeah. that was a good example. That's an excellent example. Yeah, yeah. and finally, because we will be saying happy birthday to this. Yes, person. well, or, or celebrating now. the fact that colonialism is dying. Yes, hopefully. As it should. Um, yeah. And yeah. that we can embrace the fact that we are just all humans living on a planet, and we'd better pay attention to the planet. Well, I think that's yeah. a lot of what this Saturn-Pluto opposition thing is about, is that, that old, those old structures have to die. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Our reason for being has to be different. Definitely. Yeah, and, and Definitely. you know, we've had the Saturn-Pluto conjunction last year. It was sort of like saying that. Yeah. But it takes us a while to get the message. Now Uranus <laughs> is saying... Are you yeah, saying yeah. we're slow? Venice is saying now. Now, exactly, exactly. <laughs> and of yeah. course, we have the last exact Uranus, or Saturn Uranus yeah. square in December. Yes, with that last eclipse. Yeah. So yeah. Right after the eclipses, which is off, which is kind of interesting. Yes, that is too. Yeah. yeah. The eclipses yeah. have been significant in terms of 
these trends. Yes. Yeah. 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 So it's a lot of interesting stuff. Going on. <laughs> it also amazes me. Yes, it does. I this and go, well, yeah, it's pretty obvious, right? I mean, these things are happening because obviously it's time. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yes. The appropriate time. Exactly. So speaking of the appropriate time, yeah. um, just a heads up for people, our show next week will be all about July and cancer. Um, my favorite male sign, my husband, my dad, a whole bunch of guys that I know are all cancers. Um but, you know, we'll look at uh, the uh, significant transits and stuff for a July. And uh, what's that? Look at the solstice as well. Yes, yes. We will pull up a solstice chart. Yeah. Although that's what? Solstice. That's any yeah. day now. <laughs> any day now. Exactly. That's what I'm thinking. Yeah. Um, it is the beginning of cancer, right? That's what yeah. the solstice is. It's yeah, and it's it's tomorrow. Degrees. I think it's tomorrow, actually. The solstice um, is tomorrow, I do believe. Let me just look here. Yeah, no, better. I think it is tomorrow. 22nd. Oh, it's the 22nd. Oh, oh so sorry. it's when Mercury... Oh, sorry, yeah. I looked at the wrong thing altogether. <laughs> <laughs> I'm looking at, wait a minute, where is it? Because I'm on the wrong page. That's there you go. That would do it. That, that'll do it. Mercury is still firmly in charge Told of. To Told you not to laugh at Mercury. Yeah, yeah you were right. 21st. Well, 20th actually yeah, for us. Yeah, that's what I thought it was, the 20th. Yeah. It is 20th for us. Yeah. yeah. And I believe if you look back to the forecast for June, I did put up the, the solstice chart. Yeah, I believe I did. Yeah. It's always good to have another look at it as we enter the sign. Exactly. Exactly. And the, the, the cardinal signs are significant. Oh, yeah. The, the turnings. The turnings of the year. Yep. Yeah. Yes. yeah. Okay. Well, um, look at that. We've gotten through another hour successfully. Yay. <laughs> And um, we thank you folks for um, tuning in. And just a reminder, the 26th is the grad parade here in Powell River. Please come out and cheer them on. They have successfully graduated during a pandemic. I'm sure we're all hoping that that is in the rearview mirror. Um, and uh, yeah, we'll be back next week. And um, yeah, everybody, that's it. Okay, I am going to, oh, I've got 46 seconds, so I think I'll play some music. See you next week. Bye, Jill. All righty, so for the folks, oh, 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 all right, all right, I'll stop. The recording has stopped. <gasps> and that went live on the radio. I have minutes left. Where am I? Here I go. Okay, folks, we will see you next week. You have been listening to CJMP 90.1 FM, Powell Rivers Community Radio Station.